and welcome to Church for the Cities podcast in Yuma, Arizona with lead pastor Tyrone P. Jones. Our mission is for people to encounter the reality and presence of God. For sermon videos and next steps, visit us at ctcfamily.com. Now join us for the message. All right, who's ready for the word? We have a, a, I I hesitate to call him a guest in the house because he's very much family to us for many reasons. Um, Pastor James, his his, uh, father-in-law is definitely no stranger here, especially for those of you that have been to Reset or, 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 or did our city leadership school. He is married to Pastor Bill Scheidler's daughter. So we, we, many of you recognize that name, MFI family. But, but also, too, he is, uh, Pastor James is a very good friend uh, to our lead pastor. They've done conferences together, events, and ministered uh, in, South Africa, in South Africa together uh, for a number of years. And, and I'll tell you what, um, in the first service, uh, the Spirit of God just moved in such a powerful way here. And I anticipate no different in this service. So uh, I'm going to ask that as, as we bring him up today, uh, he's representing City Life Church in Johannesburg, South Africa, and I'm asking you to give a warm CTC welcome. Stand to your feet for Pastor James Monahan. Well, thank you for such a warm welcome. You're welcome to be seated. It's so good to be here. Um, it's so good to, to, to be among so many good-looking, beautiful people. Man, turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking fine today. <laughs> wow. Um, I really am just so honored to be here. And I know you're supposed to say that. You hear every guest speaker say that. But I really genuinely, honestly mean that because there were a lot of obstacles to me being here, you know, um, and traveling during COVID is a a real challenge. How many of you know that? International travel, uh, 36 hours to get here kind of travel, that's that's a lot of challenge. And I had to be convinced that God was telling me to come. And I can tell you it's only being confirmed that I'm supposed to be here to come around the world with a word in season for you. And I've been carrying this word, and this word that I have in my heart is not a word that's just something that I came up with in a few hours. This has been birthed in me over 17 years and has only found its way out over the last few months because sometimes when God does something so epic, it takes you a year to figure out how epic it was and how much uh, a complexity is in a miracle. You know, God wants to do miracles in your life this morning. So me saying that academically, but I'm saying it from a standpoint is I know who God is in this area and I know how much He hungers and desires passionately to actually interrupt your world and move your mountain. So we're going to pray into that right now. You're ready to pray. Come on, we're going to go. We're going to get to know each other real quick here, okay? Real intimate, real quick. God's going to do something major here today. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. 
that, Lord, we have not come to this place, Lord Jesus, to just interact with, Lord God, human things, but we've come to have a divine appointment. We have come to meet with none other than the Creator of heaven and earth. We have come to meet Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. And today we're asking, Lord, we're more than asking, God, we're petitioning heaven. We are asking, Lord Jesus, that there would be a breakthrough moment in each person's life here today, that that which has been immovable, impossible, Lord God, would be moved today. We're asking you to move in our midst, move in our circumstances, move in our hearts, and take the hard things in our lives, Lord God, and do a great work with those things. Father, we thank you. We thank you right now for interrupting all of the stuff of our lives to do what only you can do in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with that prayer, say a hearty amen. Somebody say just a pinch. Have you ever mistaken sugar for salt in something? You've got a teaspoon of this and a cup of that, and before you know it, you can't eat what you were so excited about cooking. Um, I'm terrible in the kitchen, but my wife's pretty incredible, thank God. And uh, especially during COVID when all the restaurants were shut down, I got to experience some good stuff. But um, when it comes to salt, you really just need a pinch, right? You don't need a cup. You don't need a bucket. You just need a pinch. And I want to speak to the pinch of your faith that God is requiring. You know, if you've grown up in Pentecostal circles, charismatic circles, you, you would be very familiar with the faith message. And I'm very, very grateful for, you know, the, the greats, the generals in the faith like uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland back in the day who really birthed an understanding into the church regarding faith. Um, but as I've grown up in God, I've realized that it's not so much about our faith, it's about our God. And the Lord put it on my heart to say certain things to you this morning and to be transparent regarding certain things today. And I want to take my cue from the Word of God. I love the Word of God. How many of you like to read the Word of God? The Word of God's important to you. It's not an accessory. It's not something that's a nice to have, but it's an essential part of the believer's life. And so I like to read the Scripture. I'm not going to refer just to the Scripture. Is that okay? Can I actually take some time to read it and then unpack it? Okay, good. I'll take that as a yes. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 20. So let's go ahead. And it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain. Somebody say high mountain. By themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Then Jesus answered and said to, uh, sorry, then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw 
that no one but only Jesus. Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one till the Son of Man is risen from the dead. I want to skip down here just for time's sake. And I want to read this next part where it says, And when they came down to the multitude, so this is the same story. They've come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. As they're coming down, they have this moment. And as they came down, it says, There was a man who cried out, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, for he is an epileptic. My son's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into water. So I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And they could not cure him. And they could not cure him. Then Jesus said to, uh, answered and said, Oh, faith is a perverse generation. How long will I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, come on, just say a pinch, you will say to this mountain, you will say to this mountain, move from here to here, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Don't you find that interesting? The Scripture doesn't say nothing will be impossible for God. Not in this place. It says nothing will be impossible for you. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now this morning and say, nothing will be impossible for you. I want to talk about the impossible that's in your life this morning. I want to talk about the immovable, the unclimbable, the thing that has been so rooted in your life for so long that you have begun to negotiate with it and had to come to a place of concession or compromise in order for it to remain where it is. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a human. This is me being human with you and understanding that we all have mountains that are in our lives and mountains speak to permanency. A mountain's not a temporary thing. A mountain speaks to intimidation. It speaks to domination. It speaks to scale. It speaks to a sense of, that's just the way my life's going to be. And so, when we see this scripture, sometimes you can read the Bible your whole life and not understand the context of what you're reading. Because I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I think about it in context of sermons that I've heard or sermons that I've preached or, or, or sections that are uh, somehow standalone. Sometimes you need context in order to get the grandeur of the scale of what God is actually doing in that moment and begin to see that there is a pattern that emerges or a scarlet thread that runs through a theme of what's being communicated. I always saw the Mount of Transfiguration as a standalone moment because of how epic it is. Jesus, as God in the flesh, suddenly takes off flesh and in that moment they get a, they get a glimpse of His glory. I mean, come on, and there's Elijah and Moses to boot. Peter, James, and John, woo! Everybody's like, what is going on up here? It's a powerful moment. 
So there's this mountaintop moment of the glory of God, of the presence of God with two other men that are not unfamiliar with the glory of God on the top of mountains. Moses, glory of God on top of a mountain. Elijah, glory of God on top of a mountain. Jesus, God on top of a mountain. Speaking to God on top of a mountain. The presence of God on top of the mountain. So we used to look at what's going on here. I think we can, we can look at the common thread of those three people. We talk about encountering God's presence in a mountaintop experience. So we are seeing this, this setup for something. A setup for what? A very difficult situation that's waiting at the bottom of the mountain. So it's not a standalone moment. You see, your mountain of the presence of the Lord will preclude, will set you up. More than that is essential. More than that, it's completely necessary for you to have a mountain moving moment at the bottom of your presence of God on the top of a mountain moment. You've got to have a presence of God on the top of the mountain moment before you're going to have a mountain moving time in your life that is going to speak to the mountain that has remained there for a long time. Let's just unpack this family situation. They are notorious. You cannot have a family in those times that kind of lives just isolated. This child would have been part of the community. This child had drowned, almost drowned multiple times, was probably quite scarred from falling into fires multiple times. This was not an easy thing. They probably had been to temple multiple times and asked the rabbi to please do something to try and help, been to physicians. This is a family people would have known about in the community. And so there has been a, a journey here of trauma, a journey of, 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 of difficulty, a journey of, of tension, a, 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 a journey of wondering, why us? Why my child? You can imagine this, this time now, it's later that the the, the, the the family are used to living in this situation. Now they come to a place. Have you ever moved from a place because you just simply can't be there anymore? Have you ever, have you ever in life decided, my desperation level has exceeded my comfort level and therefore I have to move? Has that ever happened to you where you've gotten so desperate, so passionate because your problem is so big that your problem's got problems? I don't know about you, but when sometimes people have come to me in seasons of my life and they say, tell me what's going on with you, you've got to say, hey, it's complicated. Have you ever got, have you got some of those in your life? When, when people ask you a question, you've got to just say, it's actually, have you got some time? It's complicated. There's a lot going on here. You may need to sit down. We're dealing with a God-sized problem and a movable problem, an insurmountable problem at the bottom of the mountain, Mount Hermon, right now, and Jesus is coming down. Can you imagine how disappointed the Father is? This is a very public moment. There are thousands of people who are witnessing the disciples trying to cast the demon out of a boy that they probably knew about, and the, and the disciples cannot get the demon out. 
And the disciples were used to casting out demons because prior to this, Jesus had already commissioned them, saying, go and heal the sick, you know. Pray for the blind and pray for the lepers. So they were used to this and it had worked previously. That's why they're so confounded when Jesus comes out and they ask the question, we did all, basically they were saying we did it like we did before. We, I mean, we, 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 we did the, the things and we, we trusted you. We did it all right, but it didn't work. Ooh. Have you done everything you know to do, but the mountain still stands there? The problem still won't go away. There's nothing quite like that, is it? In life, when you know you've done absolutely everything there is to do possibly, but the problem will not go away. You've tried spiritual stuff. You've tried human stuff. You've tried doctors. You've tried lawyers. You've tried getting people who have been through that already to try and help you. And even that isn't fixed it. We're talking about a problem with problems. We're talking about a problem that only God can fix. And if you live long enough as a Christian, you're going to eventually come to a place in life where you're going to experience a moment like this. Are we, am I in bad company? Are we in good company? I mean, are we, are, do you not, maybe this city is real special. Is it something in the water? I don't know. Do you not have problems like that in your life? Come on, if that's you this morning, you say, I got a mountain. Do you have a mountain that will not move? Somebody just wave at me a little bit. This preacher needs a little help this morning. All right. So there's some real problems. And that's why God brought a real person like me from around the world to address this very thing. The thing about a mountain is that when you look at it and the scale's so big, we're talking about your problem because there were two mountains, the mountain of the presence of the Lord, and then there was a figurative mountain that Jesus was speaking to. And it was the mountain of the problem, the problem of this boy who had a demon and wouldn't go, the problem of the complex situation that people face, the figurative mountain of things in our lives that will not move. Things that God doesn't want there but will remain there unless we cooperate with God at a different level. There are things that God allows to remain because they take a certain amount of cooperation with Him where God's just not going to step in and do it. He's going to say, I'm not going to rob you. You have to pass this. You have to move through this. You have to do this in order to move on to the next level. You cannot pass go. You cannot collect 200 until this mountain moves. So God will bring you to a situation in your life eventually where the mountain will have to move or you will stay where you are. You, will, you can pray it away and it won't go away. You can fast and it won't change. You can do everything you know to do and it'll still stay there. I know this from personal experience. Woo, do I have your attention? Anybody, 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 anybody. All right. When I think about, when I think about this situation, I want to back up a little bit because 
there's something that really gets my attention. Jesus is on the top of the mountain. And by the way, when you go up a tall mountain, I've just done this more recently, hiked up a high mountain. Everybody's a certain way at the bottom of the mountain. They're all like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're so excited. And then people thin out into a long line. And they all start getting quiet. There's not so much of this anymore because it's hard to talk and walk. And the steeper the mountain gets, the fewer companions you have, the less talking there is, and the more you begin to question, why am I doing this? Because the view's not enough to drive me to the top of the mountain. God's not calling you up to the top of the mountain because of the view. He's calling you up to the top of the mountain because of you. Because of you. Because of where you are. Because of what you need. And you need to encounter His glory, His presence, His power, His majesty alone. Not Your husband's not going to get you up there. Some of you are like, yeah, he's the problem. Well, we men can say the same thing, right? She's not going to get you up there. Yeah, that's the problem. No, you're going to get yourself up to the mountain of the presence of the Lord. You know, when, when I'll t- give you a natural biblical example of this. When, when Abraham had to go up the mountain with Isaac for the binding, is what the Jewish people call it, there were servants who went with donkeys. And at the bottom of the mountain, before they could have a, an encounter with God, Abraham turns to his servants and says, Stay here. We must go on alone, but we will return. Hallelujah. See the voice of faith. And he, they, up they go alone. Isn't it amazing that the whole time they were going up the mountain, the Lord prior to that already whispered in the ear of, a she, of, a, of, a, of, a, of an animal, a ram, to say, go out of your comfort zone, which is in the valley. This is not a mountain goat. This is a ram. They don't, they don't go on to the top of mountains. Saying, I'm going to ask you, ram, go up to the mountain. God's got something already prepared for you at the top of your mountain that you've been looking for down in the valley. And God's gone a gone nature in order to make sure that the breakthrough doesn't happen in a natural way. It happens in a supernatural way in the presence of the Lord on top of the mountain. And God wants you to go up there alone and meet with Him in a way you have never met with Him before for Him to do something He's never done before. Because if you always do what you've done, you'll always get what you've got. And God is saying, okay, new levels, new devils. Every new level, you want a new one to break through, you want that thing that hasn't moved to move, it's going to require something else and there's going to be a different level of resistance. There's territory that the Lord wants you to take and that means there's certain long-standing issues in our lives that He wants removed. It's not noble yeah, it's just God's got me in the shadow of the mountain, you know, to work on my character. God doesn't want to work on your character with mountains. Mountains are made to move when it comes to people of faith. 
a man or a woman of faith, when they see a mountain, they see it moved. Faith moves mountains. So here we have Moses and Elijah on top of the mountain. Well, we got this young Jewish man up there, and he's very excited about that because it's Moses. I mean, come on, it's Moses. It's our boy. I'm getting to see Moses here, people. So very excited about Moses. And then there's Elijah, and we, we, the prophet, the great prophet, the great power of God. Ooh, look at this. I mean, it's like having the all of the sets in the cards. It's like, oh, I've got the full set in front of me. God's saying, oh. So you want to build three equal tents for three equal people up here. God steps in in that moment and interrupts Peter and says, basically, can I say it? Shut up. Be quiet. You don't know what you're saying. Jesus is not like Moses. Jesus is not like Elijah. Jesus is the better Moses. Jesus is the better Elijah. Jesus is the better Abraham. Jesus is the better Daniel. Jesus, 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 hear him. Don't hear Moses. I'm not calling you to the law. Don't hear the prophet. I'm not calling you to Jesus plus a prophet to give you power with me. There's only one, and it's Jesus, and Jesus is enough. So when they wake up from that moment, and it says, and there was only Jesus? I wonder if he was disappointed. I don't think so. After the Father steps in again, because he's done this before, because everyone was enamored with John the Baptist, Jesus comes up out of the water, voice comes again. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. There's only one that really pleases God and his name is Jesus. And it's no longer you who live, but you are now in Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, you are pleasing to him. So God doesn't answer your prayers based on your behavior. He answers your prayers based on your faith in the finished work of Christ because it's God who makes you acceptable through his son and has said, you are highly favored by me. Some of you want to go show God your merit badges. You want to go show God how good you are. And then maybe he'll hear you. And then maybe your mountain will move because you've got Moses in your life. Do you know what Moses represents? Moses represents the law. Moses represents people trying to please God through human behavior. And God says, we tried that for thousands of years. It doesn't work. I've got a new covenant based on better promises, and his name is Jesus. Hear him. He will make you acceptable to me. I will answer your prayers through him and him only. Woo, some of you, you're getting, you're getting yourself a little rock this morning. Come on, let's go back to the gospel. Hallelujah. Mountains don't move because we're good people. We have mountains because we're not good people. But God's still in the business of moving mountains. You see, God's not interested in your faith 
being mountain-sized faith. You don't need proportionate faith in order to move a mountain. You need disproportionate faith, just a pinch, because it's not about the size of your faith to move your problem. It's about the size of your God who can move your problem, and it only requires a pinch because of who your faith is in, not what your faith can do. And that's the one thing, as good as the faith movement was, it became way too much about your faith and way too little about the finished work of Christ, and Jesus is enough. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And all I need is a little itty bit of faith. But not just in a vacuum. And this is where I missed it for so long. And I want you to hear this. Because I'd done a lot. I believed God a lot. I stood, fasted, prayed, did everything I know to do. Just like the disciples, they did everything they knew to do, but the mountain remained. I had the most anointed people pray. I had the most powerful agreement through these anointed people. I did all the things where two or three gather together in the midst, there I am. Oh, we'll fast and pray, because this kind only come out by fasting and prayer. I, whatever I, box I could tick, I ticked it. Have you ever done that? You've tried all of it. You've tried all of it. And you're at the, actually at the point either right now of going, well, I'll just have to live with it. So you've come to terms with living in the shadow of the mountain and nothing really good grows in the shade except moss, mushrooms, unless you like mushrooms. But God's saying, I didn't bring the mountain but I will move the mountain. You're just going to have to come up my mountain and be alone with me. And this is why I say it. It's not just about your faith. It's faith that gets the glory and the presence of God on it that moves mountains. Look at what happened just before Jesus encountered the problem. Where was Jesus? He was in the presence of God. He was up the mountain when the manifest, not just the manifest presence. God. You know what? God is omnipresent, right? Uh, let me just do Bible college a little bit, 101 right now, okay? What is the presence of God? The presence of God isn't God with you. Emmanuel. No. The presence of God is not um, knowing that God is everywhere all the time. No. It is when God actually manifests. He enables you to feel Him, to experience some of Him in your humanity. And you know when it's there, and you know when it's not. Although you know God lives inside of you, but when God decides to pitch up outside of you, watch out. That's the position right there where anything can happen. How does the Bible say we get that kind of presence? When my people praise me, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That level of presence has to come from intimacy. It comes from worship. 
it comes from, you know, the word worship means to kiss or like to lick, like a dog would lick its master's hand. That's what the word worship means. So it's a place of intimacy with God where you are expressing who you are and God comes and he expresses who he is to you and you feel it. You feel it. Come on, say it's okay to feel. You feel the presence of God. Sometimes in worship, have you ever noticed there's certain places when you're here and there's a worship going on and suddenly you go from singing a song to you've just shifted. You don't even know what happened. Something happened and you didn't even know what happened. What happened is God just stepped into the room. And you can feel it. And the level of His presence can get thicker and thicker and thicker and heavier and heavier and heavier until you, it's hard to stand, it's hard to think, it's hard to do anything other than just be overwhelmed. Have you ever been in the presence of God and the, you can't but feel it and the tears start pouring down your face and you have no reason to be crying? Anybody? Because he came in and he says, I want you to feel me. I want you to feel who I am. His love, you have an encounter with, because God is love. So he just edges in with his love and you feel it. And you can feel something else happen at the same time. Simultaneous is a rising up of your faith. Your faith rises in that moment because you can sense he's here. Old songs like, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. Where did those come out of? They came out of those moments. Well, you know you've now moved into another t category of space in God. God is calling his people up the mountain to the presence of the Lord. The mountain doesn't represent hardship. It represents being alone with God in a way that you worship and connect with God. So out of that place, you with your little pinch of faith can begin to see your God move your mountain. It's simple. It's simple. It's so simple. It's like, is that it? That simple? Okay. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. And that's why a lot of people don't go there. Because you get, have to get vulnerable. You've got to get you got to get the layers off. you got to get with Jesus. That's why people don't do it. So here's my little testimony to let you know that it's not about who you are. It's about who he is. My wife, Jenny, beautiful, beautiful woman. I definitely married up when I married her, maybe several levels. That's one thing I love about the anointing. It makes people blind. Hallelujah. So Jenny got sick 17 years ago. I mean, not just a little bit sick, really sick. Uh, she kept getting viruses. She kept getting fevers. She had a fever for 17 years. She had viruses for 17 years. She had adrenal failure for 17 years. She was in an autoimmune compromised state for 17 years. 
She couldn't think properly. She couldn't function properly. She had sores in her mouth for years. She, all of her body ached. There were times I couldn't even touch her. She, it was, she was sore to feel the sheets of the bed on her body or water spray on her body. She was constantly just asking the Lord, take me. If you've lived with someone that you've loved, suffer. I'm not talking about stub your toes, suffer. I'm talking about every minute of the day. And Ginny's strong, strong woman. Strong woman. To be able to go across the world and help her husband plant a church in Africa, strong, when she had never left her hometown, kind of girl, all-American, beautiful girl. I'll go with you, honey. Where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. And she obeys God. Bam! Gets hit like this. Instead of, you know, you would think that would reward of the Lord would not to allow those things to... Have you ever wondered about stuff like that? But God... And we, we lay things at the door of the Lord that don't belong there at all. And the Lord, well, it's just 17 years of that. I mean, that meant that Jenny raised all of our, our four children extremely ill. It means that our marriage was completely affected. Our finances were affected. Everything was affected. That's what a mountain does. It affects everything in your life. The shadow is over your life. Am I making sense to anybody at all? Okay. The shadow of the mountain is over your life to the point where you've done so many things to try and deal with the mountain, but then you just go, well, you know what? I, after doing all stand, that was the scripture I was at, you know, we're just going to keep standing and trusting God. Well, actually that looks like something. It's not passivity. It looks like something. And so we got to the point where Jenny got so ill that we didn't know she's going to make it. She got all frail, and she, she couldn't move around much. She would just, and people wouldn't know. She's in so much pain, and the doctors couldn't do a thing. We went to endocrinologists. We went to all of the people who were like, what's that? Well, yeah, all those kind of what's that doctors. Don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. Can't do it. Disciples, but we tried this, and we tried that, and the demon still wouldn't come out. And so I'm at the end. She's at the end. My kids are at the end. We're done. Everybody's done. And Jenny knows we're all done. So there's this guilt that we have all, we've tried, we've done, we've carried, we've stretcher bearers with welts on their shoulders. So the Lord meets with Jenny and says to her, this is not your portion. This is not my will for your life. But I'm going to ask you to do something you've never done before to get something you've never had before. And she thought she had done everything. This is Bill Scheidler's daughter. I mean, come on, this is Bible college. You know, it's like living in a Bible college when you grow up with Bill Scheidler. This is a church girl born in the pew. Maybe not born, but definitely a few minutes later, there she was. So it's like, okay. So what ends up happening is Jenny starts to get into God like she's never gotten into God in her life. And that looks like something. You know what that looked like for her? 
in her robe, slippers, in the bedroom for hours, worship. Music on, hands up, praying, grabbing scriptures that the Lord had quickened to her for her healing, grabbing those, confessing those, all within the atmosphere of the presence of God. So it wasn't in a vacuum. It was in the manifest presence of God. God was felt. God was there. It was real. Whoo! My house, after one day, could feel a shift. Two days, we could all feel the shift. Three days, it was like the cup run over. There was a weight in the house. You could feel it as soon as you got into the front door. I couldn't, I couldn't, I mean, just now, just remembering it, the tears because of the presence and the weight of God's glory in that place. Day five, Jenny comes downstairs. She says, I need you to agree with me. Will you just come into agreement with me as my family? With my husband. I need my husband to agree with me. She comes down. And she's just been at it with God for hours every day. And it's not about time. Listen, don't, don't take that away from this. It's about exposing yourself to intimacy with God and a manifest presence. That's all I can say. And as she does, she comes down. She says, get an agreement. So my four children, Christian, Jordan, Ethan, and Gracie, it's winter, doors are closed, small little lounge with fire on. Turn on Terry McCallman. I don't know if you know who that is, but I love Terry. He's worshiping. It's, we can feel the presence of God just getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And as we worship, then all of a sudden, we just grab hands and we start agreeing for, for, for Ginny. We start agreeing. We start saying, come on, let's, let's go after this in God. Woo. Next thing, prophecy's breaking out. Next thing, uh, my one son has fallen down on the floor and slain in the Holy Spirit. Next thing, the room is so filled with God. We just keep coming back every night. We do the same thing, do the same thing. After one week, Jenny wakes up one morning, symptom-free. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Goes to the doctor the next day. They check her every test you can think of that she's had before. Perfect, 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 perfect. Not even slightly, not even, not even slightly off. Absolutely perfect on every single immune system. Perfect. No virus, not even one virus, not even a bacterial problem. Nothing. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Every, not a headache, not a symptom, nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, to have lived with that for 17 years and then one day. Come on, somebody say one day. Do you know that everything can change in one day? Can you imagine your life without that mountain in it? Maybe it's money. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a broken family. Whatever it is, there is a life for you that doesn't have that mountain. There is a life for you that doesn't have that mountain. Imagine it. That's yours. That's your portion. That's yours, but you're going to have to go get it. 
God's not going to land it on you. God's not going to make some prophet come. Not God's not going to make the phone ring. This is for you. Because you have to have it. You've got to go get it. We all have something like that. But all I can say is that God sent me around the world for this moment. Do you know I was not scheduled to preach this morning? I was not supposed to be here, but God interrupted me, interrupted your pastor, interrupted all these things. And what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around for good. And God did all of that for you and for those that are online right now so that you can have a little pinch of faith to go up to the mountain alone and be with God and get what you got to get from the presence of God so you can say, mountain, you must move. Then you'll get a friend and bring him in and say, will you agree with me? Because of two or three touch to agree on anything. Some of your mountain is, the, is that person in your life. Some of that mountain is a business that has failed. Some of that mountain is a reputational damage. Some of that's a sickness in your body. Some of that's a dream you've given up on. We all have something. We all have mountains, and some of those mountains require certain special attention. It looked like just another demon-possessed boy, but it wasn't. They couldn't get it out. But Jesus, but Jesus, right now, Jesus is here. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. You can do it for Ginny, he can do it for you. Are you willing to go up your own mountain? You know, when you've got really tall mountains, your friends change. You get Sherpas instead of people you know. What's a Sherpa? A Sherpa is somebody who knows that mountain well. And there's certain people that God will bring into your life to help you move a mountain. To say, I know this. I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm going to agree with you. And God will bring, and he did that. He brought a woman into our lives. And she agreed with us. I'm just saying, sometimes you're, the people you know are not the people that necessarily can agree with you like you need agreement in certain areas because you don't want to tell everyone you know about the mountain that they, no one knows about. You hear what I'm saying, whatever it takes. Some of you cannot tell other people about your mountain because it will end your life. But God wants it gone anyway. God's saying, I'm going to bring the right person, and God will. But in the meantime, you're going to get with Jesus. And things are going to start to shake up. Things are going to start to break loose. Things are going to start, things that haven't happened before are going to start happening for. Things that haven't moved before are going to start moving before. And they're going to, there's going to be a shaking that's going to start happening in your life. And God is going to do the work that you have been wanting Him to do. And in all truth, have given up on. You've given up. You've conceded. You gave up, and you said, I can't anymore. It's just the way life is. It's okay. It's all right, God. Uh, you can explain it to me when I get to heaven. I'm all right. You've actually come to peace with it. Who am I talking to this morning? Come on, lift your hand. 
You've come to peace with that. Well, I say no. I say no because God has done it for me. And I want to say God is going to do it for you. Because he is a respecter of faith, not a respecter of persons. And if I can see it happen and my wife can see it happen, you can see it happen. Amen. Come on, if you believe it, shout an amen, somebody. You go up your mountain. You meet with Jesus, not Jesus and Moses. What mountain are you standing on? Come on. Are you a law person? Are you a you behavior person with God? And it's like, if I'm good, then God will help me. But if I'm bad, then God won't help me. Do you know what the Bible says about that? That all your good works are as what? Do you know what a filthy rag is? For those who don't, I'll tell you how bad it really is. It's a menstruating cloth. So when we come to God and we say, God, I've been good, you're lifting up a bucket of that. It's not impressive. And God is saying, only Jesus, only Jesus, only Jesus. He's the only one who pleases me at that level. So come to me in your rightful place as a born again child of God in Christ, highly favored because of his finished work in your brokenness, in your mess, in your confusion, in your contradiction, in your stuff, in all of that. Come to him. Don't run from him. Come to him. Knowing that he loves you, knowing that he's favored you, knowing that he's going to help you. And in that, watch what God will do. Are you ready to get along with Jesus? Because 2022 is not going to be a better year because you say Happy New Year or let's trust God for a better year. It's going to happen because of this. You know the plans that God has for this church? There's a city taking church. It's not just a church in the city. It's a city taking church. It has an apostolic anointing on it. This is, this is an Antioch church. This church is a church that affects regions and people's lives. People you've not even met. This church, you have to go there in order for this church to be what God wants it to be. Not just your pastor, but you. You are the living stones of this house. So if you cannot be free and if you cannot prosper and you, know, you can't be all that God wants you to be, this church will not be what it's supposed to be. Every joint supplies. Are you ready to be more than you are? Because you're going to get with God with a pinch of faith and begin to say to that mountain, it's time to move. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's time. It's time. That mountain's been there too long. You've been there too long. I went to Jesus after the miracle and I said, Jesus, thank you so much. But Lord, I have a question. I said, Lord, could it, could it have happened earlier? So 17 years hadn't been wasted. And the Lord said to me, James, yes, 
it could have happened so sooner, much sooner. And you didn't have to go through all you went through, and nor did Ginny or the kids. But nothing's lost, nothing's wasted, because I'm a redemptive God. And I will take your ashes and make them beautiful. So even though it's been long in coming, know this, that the Lord has stored every tear in a bottle. Not one thing has been wasted. And God, God is not disappointed, but He's waiting for you to go and take your mountain, go up your mountain, and go and move that mountain. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Can we take some time just to respond right now in God to what He's saying? We need to respond to this moment. I believe it. I believe it. Come on, can you identify your mountain in your mind right now? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Come on, there's people here with mountains, mountains of illness. If you're sick this morning, I want you to come to the front right now. We're going to pray. Come to the front. Come on, long-standing issues, difficult things that there's no way around. Come on, that debt problem, that finance problem. Come on right now, that, 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 that education problem. Whatever it is that you're facing right now, don't wait for me to call it out. If you've got a mountain and you need someone just to agree with you in prayer to get you to a place to have the courage to trust again, to believe again, to hope again. Come on, those of you who are disappointed, disillusioned, discouraged, even afraid to believe again. I want you to come out of the place where you are. Come to the front right now because we're going to stand and agree for you to be able to have the strength and the courage to go up your mountain. Come out of the place where you're standing right now. Come to the front. We're going to pray. We're going to agree. We're going to agree. Come on up here. We're going to agree in Jesus' name. We're going to agree. If you're sick in your body, we're going to agree. We're going to agree. There's an addiction that you can't break. We're going to agree. We're going to agree. Come on. We're going to agree in Jesus' name. Come up to the front. Come right up to the front. Even online right now. If, you got, if we've addressed those things for you right now and your faith has risen, we're agreeing in Jesus' name for a mountaintop moment with Jesus that only a pinch of faith is needed for your mountain to move in His mighty and holy name. Hallelujah. Would you just raise your hands, everyone? I want to pray for you right now in your current situation. Father, I pray right now for everyone with their hand lifted. That's saying, God, you know my mountain. You know what I battled with. You know what I've contended with. You know what I put up with in my life. But today is my day. Today, I've seen that, Lord God, I don't have to live like that anymore. I don't have to live with it anymore. So I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to take your people to a place of such intimacy with you, Lord God, that your presence is so felt, that, Lord God, the weight of your glory is so felt, Lord God, that out of that place, out of that place, Lord God, comes a shout, comes a word, comes the Lord force of Lord God, your scripture, of your word, of your agreement, Lord, for the mountain to move. We thank you, God, for mountains moving even this week, this week, this week, in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you agree, if you agree, come on, give God a praise this morning in Jesus' name. Yes.